Hi again, friends. You're listening to The Brazen Truth. This is Tiffany Cater, and this is the podcast where we talk about morality, spirituality, and sexuality according to the Bible. Today, we're going to be talking about our future. We're going to be talking about who is raising our kids. Are you raising your kids? That's a question that seems to be... um, almost insulting like you almost get offended when someone if someone were to ask you are you raising your kids of course I'm raising my kids what kind of a parent do you think I am of course I'm raising my own children but are you are you really today we're going to be talking about what the bible says about raising our kids what society says about it and what the responsibility of the church is when it comes to us raising our kids in this last day stay tuned Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's a verse we've heard over and over and over again. Some of you guys are probably rolling your eyes um, because that's how many times we've, we've... There's a few verses like that, right? Let's just be honest, that we've heard it so many times. We've seen it on so many, like, you know, cute little Facebook posts and stuff that it just kind of like, yeah, 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 I've heard it. But guess what? This is something a lot of people don't realize. The enemy knows that verse, too. The enemy knows that if you train up a child when they're a child in the way you want them to go when they're old, that's the way that they're going to go. I'm not trying to be dramatic, but you guys have to understand that when your kids are kids, that's when the enemy wants to get them the most. Not necessarily when they're in their early 20s and, you know, they're, they might be out sleeping around or maybe they're at the, the bar or the club. No, that's when they've already been trained, okay? That's when they've already had that training as a child and, and seeds planted as a child, okay? And, you know, I've been there. I've done that. My parents have been amazing parents. They taught me scripture verse. They put me in good schools and I still went and I did those things. I I backslid. You guys know a lot of my testimony. I did a lot of things that I should not have done that were sinful and that I knew were sinful. And I still did them anyways, even after having a relationship with God. But guess what? I came back. I came back, I repented, I um, have been restored in every way possible. God has healed me and he has taken me from glory to glory. Why? Because God enabled my parents and my parents were obedient to God in training me up in the way that I should go so that when I get older, I have not departed from it. I could not get that seed of the word of God out of my heart, no matter how hard I tried. So, you know, a lot of people are bracing themselves as parents of young children. They're bracing themselves to start praying hard for their kids when their kids are, you know, teenagers and going through all the stuff that teenagers go through. Starting to pray hard for them when they go to college, going through all the stuff that you go through in college. But I'm telling you right now that we need to not only be praying hard, hard for our kids, guys. We not only need to be praying hard for our kids, but we also need to be actively involved in what's going on in their 
their lives and not be blinded because this is what we've always done. Generations ago, there was no problems with raising the kids in this way because this was the outcome and that's just the norm, so there's nothing wrong with it. Just because it's the norm doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong with it and doesn't mean that there's no new implications in that norm, if that makes sense, okay? Well, you'll, it'll make sense in a minute if it doesn't make sense for you right now. But the enemy lives by that verse that I said, train up your child in the way that they should go. Um, and they have the enemy has infiltrated the public education system, and we are seeing that. It, it started very subtly, but right now, it is not subtle at all. And if you haven't seen it, then you need to wake up. So I'm going to give you a few examples if you need some evidence. Have you guys seen any of those um, school board meetings on YouTube? Like parents are freaking out. Um, after COVID, they started to learn more and more about what their kids were being taught um, when their kids were forced to stay at home and learn online. The parents heard a lot of that stuff. And that really woke a lot of them up as to what is going on. So if you um, look up school board meetings on YouTube, you will find all kinds of crazy videos with these parents just trying, trying to be involved with what their kids are being taught at school and being told that you don't have a right. You don't have a right to tell us what we can and can't teach your children. This is a public school. And while your kids are at this public school, they belong to the public. That's not how it should be. That's totally wrong. And if you're okay with that, you might want to know what that means before you just shrug this off as something that's not important. The National School Association recently complained um, to the Attorney General uh, about these angry parents who are questioning their authority and questioning the things that they're teaching the kids. So the Attorney General started opening up an investigation into, quote, angry parents, unquote. So once the National School Association, they finally relinquished and um, relented and uh, backed off of their complaint and dropped it, right? But the attorney general stated, no, we're not going to drop it. We're still going to investigate these angry parents and try to find out what we can do legally to prevent them from making any of these um, accusations go anywhere at these board meetings. That's just, you know, naming a few things that I see every day, looking into the news, looking into what's going on. Um, articles, there's also been articles about how parents uh, don't and shouldn't have rights in the classroom. Um, this is something we pay for. So we pay our taxes, right? And our taxes goes to funding these public schools for our kids. So why can't we tell them what they are allowed to teach and what they are not allowed to teach? And I know that there's got to be obviously um, the majority who agrees on specific curriculums, but these majorities are there. These majorities are there and they're enraged because they are being ignored. And there's a reason they're being ignored. There's been an agenda in the schools for quite some time to turn the kids away from the parents. And a lot of people think that's uh, just a part of rebelling. Every teenager goes through it. It's just a part of rebelling. But that hasn't always been the case. Yeah, there's always been people who rebelled, but it hasn't been such a strong part of the culture until recently. There's been videos emerging of teachers telling their kids, hey, your parents are stupid. 
You don't have to listen to them. In fact, don't listen to your parents. Listen to me. There's a lot of videos out there catching teachers saying things like this. Um, But imagine all the times that go unnoticed, all the times that don't get recorded and posted on on YouTube. Um, Imagine all the times that are a lot more subtle than straight up saying your parents are stupid. It happens every day in a school near you. I guarantee it. Guys, I can't even express to you how corrupt some of these school systems have become. The other day, there was this viral video released um, where these minors, right, these minors um, at Kentucky High School, they hosted this pageant. uh, It's a drag pageant, apparently, featuring teens, okay, teens in lingerie giving lap dances to staff members at the school, staff members. Teens, minors giving lap dances to staff members. Guys, this is under investigation. But again, this is just one of the things that have just happened to be caught. They happen to get caught doing this. This is These are real things that are happening and we hear them and we're like, no way can that be true. That's fake news. Look it up. It's real and it's happening. For every dramatic, drastic story that we hear like that, that really kind of shocks us um, when we hear that, There's a million underlining, subtle, secret little stories out there that we um, will never hear. There's one um, where, you know, this obviously you're hearing this one, but there's this book called Gender Queer. It's a it's a pornographic book detailing someone's journey um, to find their identity as this queer person. And there's pictures of, um, you know, cartoon pictures of minors doing sexual things. Okay, and these books have been found in schools all over the country. And they didn't even know that they were there. They didn't know what was in the book because it wasn't in the description. So they allowed these books to be in their library at schools, guys, school libraries. Um, There's one in Texas. There's one in Florida who are finally um, realizing that these books are are in their libraries and they're removing um, this specific book from their library once they found out what was on it. Um, But this book is probably in a lot of other Uh, libraries out there uh, available for our kids to just wander down the school library thinking that they're protected, that they're pretty sheltered. It's a school library. What are they going to find? And they find this book and they open it up. And even if they don't read what's inside, they see the pictures. Um, Guys, this is something that I, I, I understand. Okay, I understand that sexuality needs to be talked about. Of all people, I understand that. Trust me, I understand. But the parents, us parents, we are the ones responsible for talking to our kids about these things. It should not be up to the school to teach our kids about sex and sexuality. That's up to you. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but it is. And we have to draw the line or our kids will be indoctrinated with these things that are not biblical, not only are not biblical, but are really confusing. These are really confusing concepts to try to understand, not just try to understand, but try to identify with. The enemy is going after the identity of your kids because if he can corrupt who they think that they are, he can corrupt who they are. Because the Bible says what a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's why the Bible says above all else, guard your heart because out of it flows your life. You have to guard your heart. You have to guard your kids' hearts, and you can't protect them from everything. I know that. You can't protect them from everything, but it's your responsibility to protect them from this stuff. 
It's your responsibility. And if your eyes are closed and your hands are over your ears or your head is in the sand, you can't say that it wasn't your fault because this stuff is in your face. This stuff is in your face. Now you know. Do something about it. it maybe it'll take more than just a conversation with your kid. Maybe it'll take many conversations. Maybe it'll take a change of school. Maybe it'll take a change of career for you. Maybe it'll change your whole life. But guess what? If it does, it's worth it. Easy. Worth it. Our kids are worth it. Now, I know I'm getting a little bit impassioned um, on this topic, a little bit excited about this topic, because I do believe that it is so important. It is so not just important, but it's it's uh, relevant right now. Right now, today, it's relevant. And what I mean by that is, you know, we can talk about a million important things that we really have no control over and can't do anything about. But this important thing, we have full control over and we can do something about it. And if you think that you can't, then just listen up for a few minutes and we'll talk about the different options that you have as a parent and also the responsibility that the church has to come together in this day, in this age for our kids, for our families, um, and for each other. So if you send your kids to school, they spend like seven, eight hours at school. That's not counting extracurricular things um, like sports or whatever. They spend more time at school and with their friends than they do with you. Um, So I'm going to ask again, who's raising your kids? Do you think that if your kids are in first grade and they're spending more time away from you than with you, um, are you raising your kids? Are you? Um, that that's kind of, again, that's kind of an offensive question. And what are you supposed to do about it? Your whole life is built around the structure that the government provides us of having a public school to send our kids to, but there's a plan. There's a plan for your kids. Okay. So that's why it's so easy when you go against that plan that the enemy has for your kids. It's not going to be easy. It will change your life. It will be inconvenient, but it is doable because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, okay? And I'm not saying that, you know, um, other options such as private school or homeschool is for everyone, but if you are sending your kids to public school, you better be involved. You better be at those meetings. You better be uh, finding out what your kids are being taught, what your kids are uh, being taught by even their their classmates, um, because that is a, a place where the enemy influences your kids in a huge way as well. You know, my son told me that some kid walked up to him with a tablet at school and was laughing at some pornography that he was he was watching on his tablet my son went to um, a charter school so it was supposed to be founded on some guy that was christian and protected and whatnot but even then you can't protect your kids from everything Um, so you need to be involved in what your kids are being taught your kids spend more time at school than they do at home so what can we do what can we do so there's the um, a homeschool option. There's a private school option. Um, if you're like me and you hear the word private school, you kind of get annoyed because, yeah, who can afford that? I definitely can't afford a private school, okay? Um, but, but there's this tax credit thing, okay? This tax credit, I'm going to kind of read what it is, even though I don't quite uh, fully understand it. But apparently, the Tax Cuts and Job Act of 2017 paved the way for using 529 plans for private school tuition. Okay, so this this law allows families to pay for up to $10,000 in private school tuition at elementary 
elementary or secondary schools from funds in a 529 savings account. So essentially, instead of paying the IRS some of the taxes that you already owe them, you can pay for tuition for some your neighbor's kid or somebody at school's kid. And that tax money that you pay for their tuition, you don't have to pay to the government. Because every kid that goes to a, a public school, the government gives them uh, money. The government gives them even more money than it takes to send your kid to a private school for every kid that goes to a school. So when you pull your kid out of public school, don't think that they just shrug their shoulders and don't care. Yeah, maybe the teachers don't care so much because that's less um, kids in their already overly full classroom, but they care because that money gets taken away from the school and given to whatever public school that you end up sending your kid to. Or if you end up sending your kid to a private school, you can do this. Um, uh, My sister does this with her kids. She sends her kids to private school and um, they call around and they um, they connect with other people who instead of uh, paying the IRS this tax money that they owe they can pay for their kids um, tuition so this is an awesome thing to implement and I think it, it seems a little complicated and it seems a little scary but if we band together as a church, as a community, then we can pay for our, each other's kids to go to private school, right? I'll pay for your kids, you pay for my kids, and uh, no one's really paying any money that they wouldn't have normally had to pay because that money, again, is tax money, which is how we pay for the public schools. Um, so that's something to think about. Now, I uh, homeschool my kids, okay? Now, I never ever thought I would be that person, okay, that mom, that homeschool mom. I didn't think I had it in me, and guess what? I really didn't have it in me. It was a nightmare the first year. It, it's not It's not easy, and it doesn't just come naturally for most people, but um, now this year, we are killing it. Both of my kids, my five and my six-year-old, can read now. I am super proud of them for that. I had a hard time reading up until I was in second grade. I still couldn't read, so I got held back in second grade. Uh, for not being able to read. So the fact that my kids in, uh, they're both technically, I guess, first grade or 12, uh, kindergarten and, and first grade. Um, but um, yeah, so they, the fact that they can both read by now just makes me immensely proud of them. Um, but I never thought I would be that person. And I'm still not like the Pinterest mom. Um, I'm still not that person. But my kids are learning and they're growing. And, you know, I'm learning and growing as well during this process. Um, I'm doing a curriculum that I was actually, I, I was put in a private school later on. I think I was in like junior high, I was put in a private school. And I'm using the same curriculum, the ACE or PACES curriculum that they used in that school. And in that private school, we didn't even even have teachers like people who had like teaching degrees and whatnot they were just people who helped kids with their work right that those were our supposed teachers but they didn't have any um, credentials to be qualified as teachers so the pace curriculum the paces curriculum is just really easy to follow um, even if you don't have that educational background as being a teacher so um, that's another option. Now, a lot of people, they have two, they have a mom and a, and a dad, husband and wife, they both work, okay? Um, you know, I, I, um, I really didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom. 
like a part of me did. It sounded fun. I thought I'd learn to play the guitar, maybe learn Spanish. But <laughs> but I really um, I didn't find any honor or any um, uh, fulfillment. I know that sounds horrible, but I didn't want to be the stay at home mom, mom, woman. You know, I didn't want that to be my identity. So when it became my identity and that's what I did and that's who I was, I I fell into a major depression, just reaching for anything to distract me from being a mom. And that sounds horrible, but that's just where I was, man. I I want to be completely honest with you guys because I know there's so many moms out there who have felt or who are feeling that exact same way. Some of you guys, because of COVID, have been forced into being a stay-at-home mom and find yourself in that same place right now. Um, Well, let me just encourage you guys. Being a mom, I don't want to say anything cliche or lame-sounding, but being a mom is the most important job that there is. We're forming our kids. We're molding our kids. And no, there's no glory in it. There's no, um, you know, praise. We don't get praise and glory and, and um, you know, uh, promotions and acknowledgement and no one gives us an award, okay? We don't get any of that. Um, in fact, if anything else, we get a lot of judgment, a lot of judgment from each other, from um, our spouses, maybe from the world of how we're not up to par from ourselves about how much we fall short. But really being a mom, guys, you are responsible for actual human beings and how they turn out. And saying that is scary and it's a lot of pressure, but it's an amazing job. You are forming, literally forming the future of mankind. Okay, so I know that it doesn't it doesn't um, get that, uh, you know, round of applause every day. It really doesn't. But if you guys hold fast and do what's right, you will reap what you sow. You will see the reward in your kids. You will experience the gratification of having kids who love God and who love people and who love each other. So just like I think that the church should form some sort of a task force for people who want to send their kids to a private school, there should be some sort of um, organized attempt to do that. Um, But I also believe that there should be a homeschool task force um, that establishes a group of moms who can split up uh, the grades, okay, essentially forming a sort of private school, um, but also with daycare. So for me, I have a one-year-old, I have a three-year-old, I have a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a 15-year-old. So that's a really um, spread out age group, right? So it's hard for me to teach first grade while I'm also trying to take care of my one and three-year-old, right? So it would be really cool to have um, homeschool moms come together and form this task force where, okay, you're going to be watching these five um, toddlers and you're going to be teaching these five first graders and you're going to be teaching these five um, tenth graders or whatever it is. So that we're we're um, helping each other out, you know, we're we're forming a team, and that's what we need to be doing more and more of in the last day. Not attacking each other or tearing the church down or being judgmental, but becoming a family, a real family. We always say, "Oh, church family, this church family, that." But how much a part of the church family are you? How often do you see each other? If it's once a week, that's not off. 
often enough. That doesn't mean you have to be consumed in ministry, but we should be doing life together, right? We should be living life together if we are indeed a family. So a task force like this would be amazing. And a lot of people say, what about single moms? Obviously, single moms can't just become stay-at-home moms and not work. They have to pay the bills. They don't have the same support system. Well, the Bible says that we need to carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So that homeschool mom, that, or that um, single mom or that single dad who has two kids, yes, come come join us. We'll we'll help each other out in this way. And you know, obviously easier said than done. There's a lot of things that would have to go into that, a lot of unity, a lot of teamwork, but I think that it's time. I think that it's time and that's what today is calling for is for us to be united. Um now I'm gonna a lot of people I, I remember hearing a pastor say um, that you shouldn't send your kids to, to private schools and you shouldn't be protecting them and homeschooling them because they need to be around the world. They need to have tough skin. They need to be able to share the gospel. And all of that's true. They do need to have tough skin. You can't and you shouldn't protect them from everything. And they do need to know how to witness to people who don't know Jesus. But I'm going to read this verse as uh, these verses as they are specific to this day and age that we are living in the end times, okay? 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. Okay, so this is a depiction of what the world will look like, what the darkness will look like in the last day, which we are living in. But we are not called to be experts of the darkness. We are called to be experts of the light. Now, let me read to you a similar verse about what the church will look like in the last day. Isaiah 59 verse 21 through 60 verse 3. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you, and my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants. From this time on and forever, says the Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord arises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and the thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Guys, when we come together, when we unite as the bride, as the body of Christ and become a family and do this together, when we treat each other's children like they are our children, when we learn to love in this way, to protect, to teach, and to strengthen our 
our kids, our families, and our church in this way, our society will also be strengthened in this way. That scripture verse says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Guys, the brightness of our dawn, that's what's going to attract the nations. That's what's going to give our kids the opportunity to witness to other people when they are strong oaks with their roots deep into their relationship with God. That is when they will be strong enough to stand in the storm and to witness to people, to feed the nations who are desperately hungry. I know that this is a hard pill to swallow. I know that it might not even be something that is uh, feasible for you to do in this time of your life. But God provides grace for those who literally have no choice. His grace is on them. I was a single mom for many years, and even though my son did not have his father in his life, my son loves God. He loves God, and he is becoming an amazing young man. We all know how important fathers are. We all know that it's crucial for our young men and our young women to have their fathers in their life. But the Bible says, my grace is sufficient for you. So when you go through something, when you go through something that's not an ideal situation, then God's grace is on you. And we'll walk you through it. We'll see you through to the end and have his favor and his grace on your on you, your family's life, and your kid's life. But if he's calling you, if he's calling you to take your kids and homeschool them or put them in a private school, then don't brush him off. Thank you for listening to The Brazen Truth this week. I know it was really intense, but... I think it was necessary, and um, God's been putting this on my heart for weeks now. So um, tune in next week. I'm not sure what the topic of discussion will be, but I am open to ideas. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, I want to know what you think about this podcast episode and what you think the next one should be. So please don't hesitate to reach out. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Until then, stay safe and have a great weekend.